by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code, with your hosts, <laughs> Charles Rosen, Did I say that? Mary Mullen, this thing about the, the, the real person, and we go, what? We'll get rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions, live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, this is exciting. Here we are uh, back live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Larry's on the East Coast. Charles is on the West Coast. How is, how is all going in both of your worlds right now? Chuck, starting with you. Well, we're back live, aren't we? Just like the Dodger bats. So everything is just fine. And uh, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis both want to say, make a, say a good hello to you, Pete. Getting ready for Brooklyn, you know, on the Amazing. other side of the river. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm thankfully back on the West Coast. Um, but I wanted to say that the Mets have had 16 injuries. <laughs> this is outrageous. Yeah, the well, they, you know, they should train better, right? <laughs> They brought up two minor leaguers. Injuries. That's not coincidental, right? They just—it's uh, they bring up two minor leaguers, and they both went down. So this is eight. We're down to eighteen injuries. How's everything going on the East Coast, Larry? Oh well, the Red Sox are a little bit of a, a slump, mm-hmm. a couple of games slump, but uh, they're still—you know—they're playing pretty well. We're happy enough. Uh, but yeah, no, we've, it looks like a rainy Memorial Day weekend, which is unfortunate for the uh, the, the, the people coming to the island. But for us, we're happy. We. We've had nothing but, uh, you know, fun dinners and other stuff. And I wrote the end of my first draft of my novel, Chuck. So I got, I got to read it now and, and uh, fix it up for about another month. But uh, getting there. Yeah. Well, let's, we, we don't waste time with ads and all that stuff these days. Let's get into talking about um, the this episode. This is the season five finale. It's significant for a lot of reasons. And some of those people are going to be here in a few to talk about what's going on, what was going on with them in the episode. But it's significant, I think, because we're seeing a lot of people leave the show. Um, the The Walshes are going to go, and Charles Rosen's going to leave. There's there's a lot of uh, Andrea left a couple of episodes, so it's definitely Last one, one before this. Yeah. yeah, so it's definitely a changing of the world of nine hundred two one zero. So maybe Charles will start with you talking about what's going on at that time for you writing this and also how 90210 was transition, transitioning at that time. Well, Larry, you jump in on too, because you were there during these times too. But for me, you know, the real, as I think I've said on the, on the podcast before, it was the um, real McCoy where, you know, I put my effort with prime effort. The, you know, certainly I remember breaking stuff down with Larry and Chip and being, you know, part of that world and being part of, of this one, is, you know, as well. But this was Larry and Chip's. And then there, in the middle was Steve and Jessica's. And so, you know, I was disengaging by, you know, the certain point. And, you know, by me transitioning out and everybody was hiring a staff, people were deciding what the pecking order should be. Um you know, I and realize, I mean, I look back at this particular episode in, in, you know, and thinking about it, 
the stuff that I could be talking about in terms of the dynamics overwhelms the creator. So, because I thought about the creator, but I'm looking forward to talking about our guests, uh, Lair, because the two plots that they are both in are the two that, like, was the last bit of things that I thought I could bring to the party. I had run out of story stuff. You know, I needed to be really re re recharged or be totally disengaged. So, and I realized that when this episode, you know, also because of you know, and let's face it, it was P.S. I love you, and um, and I had and I was there on the set, so we'd be talking about that. But you know, what really the stench that comes out of it is how the re the rebound, what effect that it had on Ray Pruitt, our friend Jamie. Yeah, and mm -hmm. so. You know, so, you know, so it was always that. But I realized, you know, it also, Larry, was the episode that marked me giving up control. So, I, you know, it's like it, it spun in different. It was the last one to, and it spun. It was going to spin whatever was left up, whatever with the, the, the cliffhangers, whatever they were. They weren't right. going to be involving me. So it's pretty hard to sort of prepare for that psychologically. This was an episode I, after being down there for the production, completely pulled away from. Absolutely. And also, Larry and I, Larry will talk a little bit more about the, you know, direction and stuff like that. But, you know, we, you know, did it, did, were we able to build the moments that we were so aptly able to do so many other mm -hmm. times and things. And with that, I turn it over to the East Coast. I was going to ask you, Larry, for you, what's that transition like for you? Your bud's leaving? Uh, cast members well, are leaving? Yeah, it, was a, it was still was exciting. You know, Chip, Chip, Chip and I got to write that episode and, you know, it was a combination of a lot of storylines and, uh, and it was big. I mean, geez, I mean, I look at it again. I hadn't seen it, uh, you know, with the original music and everything. Uh, I watched it in two separate hours, but I didn't watch it all at once, which I think it played over two separate weeks, I think. I don't know. Well, no, no, it was a one. one it was time. a one. It was a two hour. One and two. it was uh, it was fun. I mean, there, it was, you know, stuff was going on. And we used the locations well. And, uh, yeah, I was I was, you know, really jazzed by it, you know, especially, uh, you know, seeing Jason drunk was such a pleasure. Well, that was some good stuff. I want to get to all those things. I'm going to start bringing on our guests. I want to let everybody know uh, we're giving away a free DVD collection uh, of the 90210 DVD collection that's currently out. All you have to do in the chat is write hashtag I love 90210 and someone here will win that collection. All right, let's bring some of our, our, our peeps on here. I love uh, talking to this person because uh, she's got a lot of great music and whatnot. And she came in a little bit earlier, but here is our friend, uh, Sarah Melson. Hello, how are you guys? Here's Allison Lash, our friend, right? And Chuck <laughs> has significance because Karen was uh, the girlfriend at one point, right? Isn't that uh, how that- Chuck <laughs> how was that the point? other man at one point in his life. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, Lift out, out our fantasies there in that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess we do. Uh, All right. Uh, before we get to the episode, uh, we have a fan of yours that wanted to say hi, and she she's really been digging your your music. So here's Beth, a friend of our our show. Uh, hi, hello, hi, hey, hi, Beth. Sarah. Beth, hi, Beth. Beth DM'd me and said that she's really been listening to Sarah's music a lot. I have as well, but Beth Thank wanted to have you. an opportunity to say something to Sarah. So go ahead. Yeah. I did. Thank you, Pete. Hi, Sarah. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Well, it's funny because when you were on the show the first time, which I guess now has been like a full year, um, you had mentioned that you had a song that was on Grey's Anatomy. And I used to be, I mean, the show has definitely 
jumped the shark a little bit, but um, <laughs> I was a huge fan. So I went back and made sure I, I saw like what scene the song was in. Absolutely love the song. Um, so I've been listening to that so much lately and then listened to your, um, your album from 2013, which I'm currently obsessed with. So I just love discovering new musicians and new artists. And um, an interesting thing for 90210 fans, I just recently um, realized that your song, um, Never Been Hurt, is is a replacement song it's used as a replacement song on the pluto app when they do that they have a 90210 channel wow. and there's a scene um i don't know if you guys knew this um i don't know if you knew this oh you don't know this either no. yeah, so, no, no, this either. okay see that's so cool. Yeah, it's That's awesome. Great. So it's in the scene where um, Emily Valentine and Brandon are making out in the car in season right. two. It's your song. So, yeah. That's amazing. So yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a nice. Chris, Sarah, if it couldn't be Chris Isaacs, it might as well be you. That's right. <laughs> yeah, great. I'm honored. All right, Beth, thank you for stopping by and saying all you, that. Thank you, Thanks, um, Okay, so let's talk about this and let's bring on our other friends as well. We have our buddy Jeffrey King here. Charlie is here. Jeffrey. Charlie. Now, are you guys ready for our mystery guest? Because this is going to be a, 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 a blast for everybody. But we Monica. have Monica Hell with us as well. So this is really exciting to have the whole panel here. You know, I, um, I really worked hard to try to get Monica. Thank you so much for joining us, Monica. Oh, thank you for having me. This is exciting. Did you get to watch the show again? Or did you did you watch? I have not. I'm sorry. I have a young child and a new puppy. I have not seen it, but oh, in a long okay. time. Well, we all got to watch it again. It was really amazing. Cool. But, yeah. Totally. Where are you? Where are you uh, based, Monica? Where are you? Uh, so I'm in the country. I'm two hours north of Toronto, Canada. Uh, oh, how nice! What uh, what town? I'm in Collingwood. Oh yeah, I know the ski yeah. ski town. Yeah, exactly. I play. I played Collingwood. I played. Oh, there. cool. Yeah, cool. but let's not. Uh, you know, we have Charlie here too. We have Jeffrey King. You know, our our uh, our budding writer and our Rolling Stones. I don't know, fan or not. Dylan's friend from <laughs> rehab. Dylan's friend from rehab. I'm going to put these on so I can see everyone. Hi, Moving. there you are. There's so glasses. much to unpack in this these, this two-parter or this final episode of that season. But let's yeah. you know, let's talk about Sarah's stuff first because she's uh she's she's got things to do today. So I want to talk okay. about uh bringing Allison back into the fold, Charles. Um it was great to see her. Why don't you talk to me talk you talk well, you know I did it by the numbers, you know, because you know Matt doesn't lie and it was one of the things and I think it goes true also with you, Jeffrey, in both of the characters you know, to get the sweep and what we could do on 90210 that other shows just really couldn't do, given the, the, the extent of the order, is that Girls on the Side was number 13. And you can't, excuse me, um, the fire episode was yeah, number 13. And you came back at number 28 in Girls on the Side. We waited 15 episodes wow. for, uh, to let Kelly emotionally deal with the fact of what had happened to you. You know, yeah. and and so I thought that was this. And Jeffrey, you you came in in twelve with Rock of Ages, one that's near and dear to Larry in my heart. Yeah. And, um, 
And then you um, you come back in episode 22, alone at the top. And and actually, I ran into some, you know, like, oh, well, I can't watch everything I want to watch. So I, I just, right before coming on here, I watched the scene where uh, Dylan seeks you out after being tempted by pot. And we actually see him. I don't know if you remember this, Larry. It's really kind of effective. He goes into a like a little knoll under some trees, and he tries to light this super joint that, uh, <laughs> that uh, Valerie had given him, and the and the and the uh, lighter doesn't work. So it kind of freaks him out. So he seeks you out at the yeah. motel, oh, yeah. and you have what I think is this just really poignant moment. Dylan asks you. And it's the way I think you've always played it and why I always responded to your character. I think audiences did too, is because when he asked, well, what happens when that happens to you? And you say, I can't, it can't happen. It yeah. doesn't happen. You're an older yeah. guy. This is your last time at the bat. You're, you're this, yeah. you're this. You can't, you can't in your own mind fail again. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, and it induces you to, I'm going to be writing and then he gets into that, and we have uh, we get into the past lives regression stuff that's in your script. And in this episode, I guess Larry, it leads us to the uh, leads us to the bad guys, huh? Yeah, yeah, we're going to be uh, finding Dylan's uh, father's killer in the next season, so we set it up. But you know, I want to go back to Alice in a second because Chip Johansson, I think, uh, in this episode, which I wrote with him, he wrote a lot of the lesbian stuff. Not that there's anything drawn from that, but he he did. And uh, looking at it again, Alice. Uh, uh, Sarah, I thought this stuff was really, really cool. I thought we played it really well. And again, we knew we wanted to send Brandon down, you know, down to the depths. And so we, what was going to blow his mind? So the girl's already turned down. Now he thinks she's left him for a woman. So we had some fun with that. But I thought the scenes between you really played well, minus the, minus yeah. the mirror. So, so Sarah, yeah. talk about this, get the call back to come back and do some more stuff. What was that like for you? Oh, I mean, it was, it was great. You know, I definitely feel like it's funny how it, it was, I mean, Allison was, you know, a, a, I mean, relatively speaking, a pretty minor character in the, you know, overall season. It wasn't like, but you'd be surprised how often even today, and this is so many years later, I'm recognized as, as Allison. <laughs> I mean, I, it's just bizarre how, what an impression that made. And I think it's largely to do with the fact that at that time, there really weren't surprisingly that many, you know, lesbian characters on TV. And so people who identified with her really kind of clung on, you know? Yeah. Well, you and know, it's, I'm it's, wondering in this, and I had one question for you, you know, it's, mm -hmm, I mean, you mm -hmm. see where it is and, and you know, it had in season six, for whatever reason, had, had you, you think if we had had uh, episodes that you happened to be in and she was in, and you would just be a friendship that it, that you think you could have turned her. <laughs> you know, I I wouldn't put it past yeah. myself. I didn't, you know, hey, I there was a, there was a great line though. You know, she says to her, "You'll you'll never know unless you try." She says, "I know." Yeah. But there's a lot of really tender stuff with you and Jenny. I mean, you guys are yeah. playing beautifully off of each other. So talk to me about yeah. the acting aspect of this and working with her and getting into some of this stuff. Yeah, well, she was, I mean, obviously, it's just such a pleasure to work with and just such a lovely, I, I loved our rapport, I thought was was great and very natural. Um, and I kind of wanted to make sure that I played the character also as pretty close to, I mean, I'm, I'm frankly, I'm not gay, you know, right. but not that I'm, you know, 
not open to it, whatever, but like, I'm never, never, it's just not, you know, I'm straight. Okay. okay. My point being is I didn't want to play any sort of weird. I just wanted to play myself and have just speak the lines as I would interact with someone. If I were just interacting with them, I don't know. This is all to say, like, I wanted to come across as just natural yeah. and like unaffected. I think that worked. And yeah, I think it was a good choice. Cause it, it, it wasn't, I wanted to make sure it wasn't like a character of like a butch. Right. I got you. Yeah. You weren't trying to play uh, necessarily a gay person. You were playing uh, Sarah Melson if she was a lesbian. Exactly. 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 And that's also what the era required. Correct. Right. And I also kind of wonder too if, I mean, again, this goes back to like it, that was then, this is now. And like now, if you look at a quote unquote, like, if you were to like Google like lesbian scene on TV, would there would be some pretty graphic stuff going on? Yeah. You know? So back then, I mean, even so much as I, now, Chuck, maybe you'll remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I like this could be made up in my head, but I seem to remember some memory of there was originally a kiss that was then written out. Do you it's remember come that? up a couple of times. As this, I is this? They, I think so. I think we, it was, in the, was fire, in the fire we, episode I, with you and uh, uh, Jenny, and we were supposed to kiss, and then the network was like, "Oh no, 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 we can't do that." I have to do. I, 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 that, I, I have to draw. It, it sounds. Listen, I wouldn't put it past either of my, uh, you know, pat, the people I, I was accountable to to come up with that conclusion. But I have to think uh-huh. a pass. I can't remember this. Is it? I blocked it out. So, <laughs> yeah. Is there no kiss? Is there no kiss me. ever between you and Jenny? Is that what we're saying? Okay. No. Yeah. And I, I think, think there have, was. Uh, and we then, might have like, written I got one. The... I think we might have written one, Chuck. I yeah, you know, Jill Shelton would have tried. Harry, Jill Shelton would have wanted it. You know, we would have wanted it. It would have been sweeps. It would have been sweeps. We would have been. I mean, it would have been fine to do, and it would have been that more more of my interest. I mean, I was saying that yours. This plot I was interested in, and of course the the you know that that the script led into past regressions, right? Um, and, and then you yeah. came in, Charlie. I mean, Jeffrey, you were there for like six, seven, and six in a row right before this, right? Yeah. I mean, these were the the stories that that, and you also who left you led him to the um, the hypnotherapist, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the great thing is, is that, you know, when you meet people in rehab and you become very close with them, as we were able to, you know, really mind that relationship right. and give and give uh, Dylan a real, you know, kind of a buddy and a place to go. And, and then, you know, again, we teed ourselves up for the next season where we're going to be spending only 10 episodes we knew, but we're going to just go find Dylan's, uh, the fa- you know, the killer of his father, you know. Yeah. Before, yeah. We, before we go to there with Jeffrey, uh, Chris Denunzio, who normally asks and. <clears throat> weird questions, asks a fairly uh, good question. Was there any thought to having Kelly do a full lesbian storyline for the next season? <clears throat> I think it's no. a fair question. No. But uh, the answer- a simple answer would be no. Okay. And the complex no. answer would be no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we had already thought she was going to go to New York and, you know, model and, you know, and, and meet somebody. We hadn't, you know, envisioned the, the, the artist bad boy, but, you know, she wasn't yeah. no. But you know, I'm sure Allison. Again, if if you know, if I had been there longer, Allison might have come back. Look, we brought you know, uh, you know, Monica's character back in season six. You know, we yeah. liked it so much, and we found a way to play it and and give it some more dignity and have a little bit of fun. Oh, you know, I didn't with, know uh, that. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, she shows up at this, uh, at this award ceremony, uh, and yeah. she ends up 
Chancellor Arnold falls for her. Meanwhile, Steve and Claire are together. It's hilarious. It's just, it's fantastic. And she's delightful in it. And, and it's got some meaning to it, too. It's, it's good. Oh, it's great lastly stuff. For, for Sarah, you come back to the show. The first time is probably super intimidating. The show is so huge and successful. Is there a familiar, familiarity kind of getting back into playing Allison the second time that you come back at the end of the season? Yeah. And I had an advantage the first time, the first episode I did, I had a big advantage was that I wasn't a follower of the show. I knew of the show because every time I'd go to the grocery store, they'd be sure. all over every magazine. magazine. So I knew yes. it was a thing. I totally knew it was a thing, but I was super busy at the time. I mean, I had a band full time. I had my acting. I had, I was just like, it was I mean, at that point, too, it wasn't like you could just turn on your laptop and watch a sure. million different streaming. You had to, like, be there at 8 o'clock or That's whatever. Right. You know, you, I wasn't – I didn't keep up with the show. Right. So I – when ironically, that helped me because when I got to the set, I was very um, – what's the word? Um I just – actually, you said – you used the word intimidated, which I really I really wasn't. I, I just wasn't. It just – to me, it was just another job. And – and it was funny. I remember being in the in the makeup trailer, and and they were sort of fascinated with me. I felt like a bit of a zoo animal because they would kind of one after one come in and be like, "This is the one that doesn't know your character's name." Oh, you know? Wow! <laughs> they they had never seen someone in like their age group who didn't know like everything about them, and it was just like. They were like actually fascinated with me, which was really odd. <laughs> and I would just have to be like, "Oh, hi, I'm Sarah." You know, like, and you are, you know what I mean? And it was just it was, that went over great. Yes, it was actually truly entertaining for that. Yeah. Was that the same with you? Jeffrey? Yeah, you didn't follow this show, did you? Before, well, you know, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't say I religiously followed it, but I certainly watched it. Yeah. And you always it, it was what people watched, you know. What I mean, and you were telling you were in all the good show. You were in show, good show after good show after good. So you were in the realm of television, where Sarah was more in the realm of music, right? Am I? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. Yeah, I mean, I just and also like at that point, I like I don't even think I had a TV at that point. Like I really like never watched TV, and so Amazing. I just. I mean, you have a TV today. Well, as I remember, you just you came out of college. You were, you, were, you were a college girl. Yeah, college I mean, girl, as I remember, know, you went I, to an Ivy I, League school. We were very impressed. Um, Monica, did you watch the show before you came on? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't watch it. No, I didn't watch it. <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah, I love this. All right, but sir, I know you've got some things to to get to and all that stuff. So we're going to say goodbye to you. But thank you for stopping by. It was so fun. Thanks for yeah. having me. And message me, please. Got the, the gig coming up. I will. Right, cool. I definitely will. All right. Good seeing you. Bye, bye, sir. Bye, bye. Bye. All right. Very cool seeing Sarah again. All right. Let's talk to Monica. This yes. is sort of along the same thing mm -hmm. here. You guys write something uh, pretty, in pretty interesting for her, Larry. So let's talk about writing L, and then we'll talk to Monica about becoming L. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's just uh, look. I mean, looking at it again, I remember a lot of things came back to me. One thing that came back to me, and I, and I remember a few a part of this discussion, but when we came up with the gag or what we were going to do. Mm -hmm. You know, the question is, what do we we got to cast a man or we got to cast a man playing a woman or a woman, or a woman playing a, a woman who's, a, yeah, whatever, you know what I mean? So it was a, a question of how to do it. And for me, it was it was not a question because I really felt we had to protect Ian. We had to protect the actor. 
So he didn't look in any way foolish. And the only way to do that was going to be to cast a woman who was a man playing a woman. And uh, it, you know, it works brilliantly. I don't think it crosses anybody's mind at all. Uh, we stole the whole National Lampoon thing with uh, Christy Brinkley. We, you know, okay, that's what we do. Uh, and, you know, you see this <laughs> great vision best. of her. Well, we steal from the best. But, I mean, when Monica came in, I mean, the minute we saw the pictures, we just knew that it was going to work. And she was, you know, it was, she was very brave to do it. Mm. At the time, at the time, you know, I mean, would today we had cast a real transvestite? I, I, I don't know. I was so hardened to see in the Halston series, Ewan McGregor, who's a straight man, is playing a gay man. So, I'm, you know, maybe it's not so strict. But, um, have you uh, watched that, that Halston thing? Have you watched I, I've it? watched half of it, yeah. Is it good? You're still watching it? I think it? it's good. I mean, I, I know the story now, so I'm, I feel bad. Trisha says this. that Monica is so gorgeous. Oh, from, my God. For Monica, yeah, I'm no curious kidding. about, and Absolutely. you are, I'm curious okay. about this This for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to me about walking into this into this role and how you, how you became a part of this. Well, you know... Funnily enough, I I would be cast. I would never get the girl next door roles. I would get you know the transgender alien cyborg. I would. So when I walked in, I thought this is I can do this because I'm six. <laughs> I can, I'm, that was your wheelhouse. That was my wheelhouse. I'm Funny. six two. Um, people have jokingly said in Canada, you know, they've called me Manica because I'm so tall and you know I've got these man hands and so when I when I went in and I just I, I had fun with it and I remember being um, really excited at the prospect of playing a trans person and of course now in hindsight um, oh sorry I have to go back and I, I did hear that um, maybe you you guys can tell me if this is true that you did see trans women but they weren't passive like they you didn't feel that they were passable or that the audience the really, audience would be tipped off that's yeah, what i heard Larry, you said we you discussed that we discussed it certainly yeah. and it just uh we i don't think we did i don't no? think we you know if, if we yeah, did it was only it was only time. to fill a quota I think right, right. It was, uh, you know, which possibly was true. Oh, that, could, know, be, that could definitely could be have been at the time an early quota yeah. system. Um, <laughs> but again, we were really concerned the Steve Sanders character really legitimately got mm-hmm. sucked in and Brandon right. gets sucked in. And it's so much fun building Steve's excitement for the whole thing and all the double entendres we give him. You know, I, I, okay, I did write the scene with the gas station with the hose in his hand. <laughs> I've got all this stuff here. You know, it's one thing that I It's just that, ridiculous. At that whole scene, is yeah. that some other car coming out? Of course, CBS would have cut it, but we would have been hearing Lola by the King <laughs> <laughs> off screen, you know, going exactly. On. Yeah, I, that would have been a, that would have been a nice little yeah. treat. Another thing about the hose scene was that gas was a dollar thirty nine. Oh, I saw that too, Jeff. I saw that too. Oh, yeah, I guess the whole yeah, the whole thing. We've had that in the in even season four. It was it was one thirty five, and it didn't yeah. even rise that much between the two years when we. Yeah, I guess Jay filling up on the highway. I thought, yeah, yeah, that did look great. But you know, seeing her in Palm Springs and the hat she had, I mean, you know, Molly Campbell did a great job on the wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Molly was around, and I had forgotten you got to sing karaoke. I forgot about that too. The classic Palm Springs song. (laughs) I got you, babe. The Sonny and Cher song. (gasps) Oh my God! There There you are. Back in the day, right? Oh my gosh. Looking incredible, <laughs> and still today. I have um, a question, if I may. Sure. Um, the voice that they dubbed. Great question. It was very, very deep. 
And I just wondered if you guys did it as a gag, if they chose a very deep man, you know. Do you guys even know whose voice it is? I, I'm going to say, I'm going to hope Steve Wasserman knows, or Chris Con Connelly at that point. No, I don't know. I don't well, remember. Wasn't, oh, Chris Connelly would know who it is. It would have been, uh, was Semmel was still? It was fifth yeah. season. I think Semmel was already doing directing just then. You think no, he was out? Semmel was our my associate. Okay, yeah, Semmel might know. I, I don't, uh, you know, uh, it was a surprise to me. <laughs> it was very uh, deep. You know, it, it was, was deep. very you know, deep. It, it make, you know, again, the, it, the, it's, it's going to end in a gag. So, yeah, yeah. You know, so, there. so it was in. I guess that was my question. Was it intentional to make it? I think uh, you know. Also, uh, maybe Mr. Spelling. Maybe Mr. Spelling wanted to make sure the the gag went through. You know, he was <laughs> wanted. Uh, he yeah. you know, Chris talked about this, Chuck. Uh, that you know, when they would bring him uh, uh, cuts and stuff, he really made sure you could understand every bit of dialogue. He hated when like people mumbled and stuff, so he cut around stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's too bad to hear. My memory of Mr. <laughs> Spelling in the last six months of the show is Kenny Miller whispering in his ear what he was watching. Oh God! So you know that he's making decisions like that at that point. Yeah. You know, yeah. at, uh, cut to the point that you're actually cutting around. Things well, no, actually, he wouldn't be cutting. He'd be he'd be asking for ADR. I'm sorry, he'd be asking for ADR. He said, yeah. "We have to we have to have ADR, ADR here, ADR." Well, that's that might be true because yeah. you know when I was that's what that's one what of the was. things that. I think we've discussed, Pete, is that I was in the sloppy sound. And it was yes. always with the sound supervisor, yeah. a guy named Chris Harvitt. He knew what the spelling company wanted. He reported to them and he liked crisp sound. So we yeah. you know, we'd often find it. But I, I did like sometimes the not the mumble, a mumble is a mumble. And and but I do feel that our mixes, knowing what we did with our mixes at the time, I watch a lot of uh, you know, TV on platforms. And and so and some mixes are really good, and some it's like they do it in thirty minutes. It seems you know even really good shows because that's the ones I watch. You know, I yeah. find I'm using subtitles now more than more. I can't stand <laughs> it, but I, I'm doing it. Uh, I got into it from watching more the more foreign more, shows, and you know, now I just leave them on. And you guys, is, I'm watching Mary Eastwood with, with, with subtitles. This, you know, that there's a more natural delivery quality now, so that mm -hmm. you do people like the mm -hmm. sloppy sound, the more natural thing, which is was the antithesis of network television about luke so much as there was a natural tone to his to his character mm -hmm. dylan you know mm -hmm. i think he always brought that sort of quiet uh, dialogue so uh, i think mm -hmm. that's we all kind of loved about him uh monica a question about working with ian mm -hmm. uh what was that what was he like you know what they were really lovely to me honestly i have nothing bad to say they ian was lovely um jason is of course canadian they were very welcoming in the makeup trailer um, when I when I came in, and um, yeah, he was just funny. We just had a lot of fun goofing around. The car scene obviously was awkward, right? He's he's reaching down my top and pulling out a, like a jelly boob. It was all very <laughs> it was all very funny um, and awkward, and um, we just made the best of it. Yeah. He was a he was a gentleman about the whole situation. Lisa wants to know from Monica, um, did you get recognized for your role after it aired for, or for years later? And I'm curious because there's so much that goes along with that. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know where you're <laughs> yeah. going with this. So, yeah. yes. So obviously the show is was so well liked and seen around the world. And I would get recognized in bars or at a party. 
And usually young drunk men would ask me very personal questions about my anatomy. <laughs> Larry, this is your fault. I yeah. swear to God, more than once a 19 year old um, young man would ask me what, what was happening downstairs in, you know, and I, and, I, and then my girl, because I'm very kind and very, you know, I don't, I'm non-confrontational. And then my girlfriends would step in and say, "What did you just ask her?" And, <laughs> and they they would they would proceed to just rip this poor kid who had been dared by his friends to ask right. me the question, and they would just rip him, and he would just um, sulk away, and it was really terrible for a and couple the, of years. And the DJ would put on Bob Seger singing the fire down below. And just for the record, I, I birthed my son. Just if anyone's, <laughs> if anyone's I imagine so. Right. That stops the conversation. <laughs> um, uh, Art Hindle, your friend Larry Moen, says hello. Oh, um, Art. Monica. Oh, yeah, Art. Art. That's nice. Yeah, Art Hindle. Um, Hi, Art. Yeah. Uh, very cool stuff. All right, Monica, we're going to say goodbye to you. We're going to move along to Jeffrey. It Thank was you. very cool when they brought Thanks you so back, much. and I, and we want to have you come on and talk about that at another time. I would so, love that. Thank you for having be... me, gentlemen. Yes, very good to see you. Good to okay. see you, Monica. Bye. Take care. Bye. All right, awesome. Uh, Bye. just a reminder too to everybody, I am giving away a DVD collection, and all you have to do for that is hashtag I love 90210. We will save our commentary on that for another day. Okay, um, Jeffrey King, wanna, I'm so excited because uh, they bring you in in a big way here in this. And this is one of Chuck and I's favorite things to talk about. It feels like we talk about it uh, <laughs> as much as we possibly can. They bring you in in this Rolling Stones episode. Rolling Stones episode, I know. Um, I, I want to know from you, uh, talk about auditioning and getting and becoming a part of the show. Well, you know, it was it was a um, it was an incredibly well written thing, that episode I think, and and uh, you know, um, we got to play. There was size to it. There was a lot of intensity to it, and so uh, you know, we, when you go into audition for something like that, you can you know you don't you can you can step into it. You can lean into it a little bit, and I've got a you know I'm a theater actor. I've been a theater actor all my life, and and to to be able to uh, to walk into a TV audition and get something that has, you know, like some bite to it to audition with is unusual and really um, um, it gives you a lot of hope, right? Mm -hmm. So, so I felt I remember feeling uh, after the audition pretty good about it because you don't find out, you know, you don't find out for a little while whether you got the job or not. But I, I remember feeling that even if I didn't, that it was a good audition, you know, and there's something to right. that. There's something to be had had from that. And then, um, you know, to do the to do the episode was really a treat. It was really a treat, and it was it was an incredibly welcoming group of people. Mm. Everybody was really really nice. Uh, you know, Luke was amazing. So it was it was just a, um, it was all around a really good experience. And then to come back uh, was was just icing. You know. Before we get to the really back, I want to ask. I want to. I'm going to show the Rolling Stones thing, but I want Chuck. Do you remember the audition at all? Do you remember Jeffrey's audition? Not specifically, but it, no. you know, it's one of those things. Just like Jeffrey just said, you 
you got it. I mean, uh, you know, uh, when, an actor, when an actor knows they've got it and then they get it, the producers knew too, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I, I was in the I was in the room I was in the room for it, you know, and he had sure, I mean, yeah, he, he had all the stuff we wanted. I mean, we, you know, we wanted him to be a little bit older than Dylan. He was yeah. able to meet the intensity, and, yeah. and he was in a different kind of look. You know, you know, a lot of things were working for it, and, that, know, and he had a good resume too. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we you, you're exactly right on that, and we kind of we we used kind of a, almost a more like um, what used to be the old synonym model, a much more kind of confrontational. Yeah. G group yeah. kind of thing that was big in the seventies, which is what Larry and I would know. You know, and so it, it yeah. allowed it, it let it lent itself to you know the the dramaturgy. The, the it lent itself to drama because because I push. I kept. I remember you know in those scenes really pushing him and pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. And and you know the reason this older guy is pushing him is because he sees himself. Yeah, but also you do want to assert your power. I would. Yeah. I wouldn't That's think true. it was all that altruistic. I think that was. I'm the, I'm the alpha dog of this thing. And yeah, he was the he was the bully. I mean, he he was yeah, the bully exactly. in the room. Right. He he was the I guy who, who would take down everybody in these group therapy sessions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was part of the fun. Then we used the hat to transfer the power a little I'm, bit. I'm going to show the let me show the over. scene real quick because we can't get enough Rolling Stones episode, can we? <laughs> <laughs> we have a new member, as you can all see. His name is Dylan. Move him into the circle. He's avoiding us. Would you like to move in, Dylan? All right. I'll accept that. Okay, let me introduce you to the group. Shira, Joe, Mitch, Dee, Rich, and Charlie. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing great, genius. <laughs> yeah, we're just about one step away from the padded room. Huh? Thank you for that reminder, Charlie. <laughs> great stuff, man. Trying to create a nightmare for Dylan. And I guess that's the only time we use the therapist because we never really went back to rehab in that way. But that no. therapist is Julie Cobb. That's Lee J. Cobb's yeah. daughter. Lee J. Cobb's daughter. And she is a fine uh, actress. Yeah. I think mostly a theater actress like yourself, Jeff. We, we talked. We actually, I remember talking to her during some breaks about I was just knocked out by the fact that she was Lee J. Cobb's daughter because yeah. he was a very great actor. And, uh, uh, and and we talked about it quite a bit that that day or two that we were shooting those. For fans who, who wouldn't necessarily know it, the, the movie to go back to see, it's worthwhile. It's one of the really oh. finest movies of the 50s is On the Waterfront. He on the Waterfront. Where, he played the the uh, union boss. Oh, yeah. Johnny Friendly. Johnny Friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this episode, things get really interesting because uh, Jeffrey uh, or Charlie unknowingly is, or is he knowingly? I don't know. That that question came up. Brings uh, Dylan to go meet these guys because they're interested in the script uh, that they have been writing, and they run into people that know what happened to uh, Dylan's father. So yeah. I guess this is for Charles and Larry. Um, how did this, this is great. I mean, this is some really good stuff. I love what you guys are doing here, but how did this come into the, into the, the, the into your world here? Well, Larry, it is, a, it is a little bit of it. It makes me think of it. And, I, and, and it was out in the culture and, and I remember being told about it and this, but it's right here. I mean, and it was in the world that we were in was get shorty. I mean, independent movie making, collecting money, is about somebody's tax avoidance scheme or, you know, one way or the other, you know, uh, I mean, there's a lot of funny money that goes into a cash business like an indie movie. Sure. So it's not, I, I don't think there was ever any uh, 
anything other than I'm trying to get the movie made and here's some money, people. I don't think that the, the character uh, of Charlie gave it even a second thought about any kind of relationship coming back to to Jack McKay. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that, Larry. No, not not at all. I mean, he wouldn't have even known Jack McKay at all, probably. Exactly. But I mean, certainly he had a, a sense that you know, it's spaghetti money or, uh, uh, you know, that right. it's going to be, be uh, alone in that. Uh, sorry, not Pete, that. not to be a <laughs> <laughs> cast of versions of your people. But, no, that's okay. Uh, but, We're but, used to uh, that. You know, okay. I mean, we have James Handy in this picture. There, James, you know? Just, look at it. James Handy in this. It really elevates the whole thing. So they, they yeah. have the guy, he, he, he meets the guy and we meet James Handy with from who acted with Paul Newman in the verdict. I mean, like, so yeah, this is a good cast. <laughs> yeah, I remember walking into that scene, like not knowing he was going to be there and walking into a rehearsal scene and it was James Andy and being really knocked out by that. Yeah, that was really cool. That was really cool. You talked about, Jeffrey, working with Luke. We, we The fans love when we hear Luke's stories. Anything specific or in, in working with him as, an, as another actor? You, you know, I'm, my memories of it, and obviously it's a long time ago, but my memories of it were being completely respected. I felt I felt completely respected as an actor, you know, because sometimes, you know, if you do guest shots on lots of TV shows, you can come in and you're the outside guy and you walk in and, you know, you're, you're, you you got to prove yourself and that sort of thing. And I never felt that. I felt like he and everybody else around him because I felt like he set the tone a lot, uh, at least in the stuff that I experienced, that, that he from the very get go respected me and respected my work. And he didn't know me, but he respected my work and he respected the fact that I was an actor and that I was going to bring whatever I brought to the scene. And so when we would shoot, particularly, you know, when we started off shooting that the scenes in that in that first episode, the Rolling Stones episode, you know, we were we were button heads in those scenes. And, and you know, as an actor, I got to say, you love it when somebody meets you, mm. you know, when they when they really meet you and they don't, you know, when they don't um, they don't defer to you. And so I, I always felt so, so respected and so, uh, so welcomed in um, by him and by everybody. And I felt like he, you know, he, he, um, my, I have a lot of memories of him sort of between takes, talking with people and entertaining people and people loving him, you know, you could feel it. And so it was a, it was a treat for me to be part of it. Every, every time, I think I did what, seven or eight episodes or something like that. And every time I came in, it was just, um, it was, it was something to look forward to. That's really nice, man. It was great. It was really nice. And I, and I always put him at the center of it because the thing that I was, I was told, and I don't know how true this is, but I was told, I think by my agent that one of the reasons I kept coming, that I was brought back was because Luke had enjoyed working with me. And so, um, you know, maybe not the only reason, but that, that was part of the mix. I don't know. Charles, Charles, no. <laughs> I love those agents, guy. They don't, yeah, yeah, they tell you, the, they always tell you the truth. But you, the right. I mean, I mean, I'm sure he did, and and I'm sure that was maybe he even mentioned it. But you know, we're sitting up uh, the other part of town trying to weave yeah. through storylines. We're not really thinking well, about that part. Charles, of it. Yeah, yeah. you loved obviously you love Jeffrey. You, you guys yeah. wrote all this stuff for him, so. Tell me what it was about when you kept seeing him do the work. Because we've talked on this show before where characters were written and then they didn't come back after an episode. So obviously there was something great and wonderful about what Jeffrey was bringing to it, right? You took the words right out of my mouth, of course. And that's what, and 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 it, it, it also fit. It, it made the storyline more, um, 
it, it, without Jeffrey being the one who introduces through the, the, the screenwriting process, the notion of past regression life therapy by introducing to the therapy therapist is the only reason that Dylan would even consider it because as a writer, you know, it's almost like the, you know, the, the, the method guy, oh, I'm going to shoot heroin now because I'm writing about heroin, you know, mm -hmm. not, not really, but, but also the one wanting the experiential element of it. And so, it fed the Kelly, it fed the Kelly story. The and, and then Kelly it fed story. out the Kelly story. Who am I and why am I behaving this way? I mean, there is, you know, we always, whether it was this regression therapy or the, or the cult thing we had done or this, but nonetheless, people are looking for why do I behave the way I do? Hello, Scientology. There right. would be no Scientology if that wasn't the question being asked, right? I mean... Now, let me talk to you about some of the script writing. You guys are writing... The, the, the script writing, I mean, that that, that Charlie and, and and Dylan are writing. You bring this this actress, right? Uh, was it Angela? She's, Angela? She has to get a part. <laughs> you know, I mean, talk to me about that, Larry. We were talking... Well, about I have to say, we, we, we took some of uh, the Woody Allen plot from that uh, movie... Uh, one of his movies about Broadway. Broadway you know. Danny Rose. Broadway. No, I, I, don't, it's, I don't think, is it Broadway Danny Rose? Oh, I don't think it, I don't oh, think it is. Oh. I, think, I think it's the other one. The one um, with Diane Weiss, don't talk, don't talk. Yeah, exactly. That's the one, Sean. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we just, we just thought, you know, because we know we're going to yeah. have, again, you know, Ch Chuck was saying, he, he was less concerned with what we were doing after this, but we knew we are going to have a Dylan search for the killer of his father. So we just thought we'd have some fun with it. You know, you have, you bring out the, uh, you know, the spaghetti money and the guy, of course, wants to put his girlfriend in it, the classic right. situation. So we're going to get a little bit of comedy there while we, before we get some terror. And uh, yeah, so the idea was, of course, she'd be horrible. And, you know, the guy's got to work around her. And, and to Charlie's credit, at the end of the movie, he's written two new scenes. He's going to make her work. It's going to, it's going to work. This thing is going to get made. They're going to make it's going to get thing. made. That's it. It's going to be on IMDb. He's going to IMDb credit. But the girl is really good. And she, you know, again, the great line is it says, because Charlie's reading the, uh, the stage direction, she says, and then Angela whispers, or whatever her name is, Angela whispers. And she goes, can you hear me? Like, yeah. There's no sense, you know, just totally. Did you guys down. have fun playing with what writers would write in one of these uh, indie indie type films? Of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You're the play within the play? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, the play within the play. I, yeah, absolutely. You know, and Chip, who who wrote this, uh, you know, with with me, and and uh, he, you know, he's not here now, and yes, absolutely, it's a lot of fun. A lot, you, you know, you just want to, that's what keeps it uh fun for you when you get your collaboration. And Chuck's there in the other room and going through that and coming in, and the Wassmans were there, and you know, it was a big uh, it was just a lot of fun this episode. And you know, like when a lot of good stuff. About, you were talking about all the goodbyes, Pete. Well, it was also goodbye to Chip, yeah. Um, he, he had written, he had gotten uh, a pilot deal with the spelling company. Kind of to stick around as an inducement, and he wrote a terrific pilot. Um, and uh, the network ordered it as a presentation, and uh, Mr. Spelling wouldn't didn't said he didn't want to do a presentation, so we saw the writing on the wall in that one too. You know, mm. was, you know, what's uh, and, and then Chip, that. of course, went right to X Files. Like, what? Just about, he had one that <laughs> he did one political show, uh. Yeah. Faux Kennedy thing, but after yeah. that he went right into uh, X Files oh, and Millennium, like the, the the light romantic to you know exactly. X Files and conspiracy, and then Millennium like serial killers. We do say goodbye to Jim and Cindy here. Um, you know, I you know, listen, we always talk about this on this show how important those characters were in the first five seasons, but 
Well, I mean, you know, I didn't have much say in it. We just, you know, they ever, when everyone was re-upping, they were looking at the budget and what they could do to cut it. You know, we thought we could make story with them leaving and the kids living in the house. And obviously we made story here with the house being sold and have a little bit of fun with that. Um, but oh, yeah, I, I had forgotten the hallucination part though with Brandon Brunk and <laughs> yeah, his parents. About, yeah. it was just absolutely yeah. wonderful. Yeah, really yeah. cool. And yeah, you know, so we gave them some good stuff to go out, and and they both come, they came back at various times also. So it wasn't like the last time. Well, we I think saw she them. did. I'm not sure James did. Did he at the? He, he didn't did. come in the season ten at the end, or no? no he 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 came back, and oh, I actually he? think Brandon went and and visited him. With Tracy in oh, Hong, yeah, in Hong Kong. Kong, yeah, we have that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Oh, actually, they seven. went to Hong Kong, Chuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> I, we should say also the house. These, you know, the house thing was was a really a good bit because the house is so important. Castle Walsh is so yes. important in, in the Lord to be able to sell it, and then we used it for more story. We tried to wreck it in season six before the escrow closes. But uh, the uh, the realtor is Elaine Joyce, who's one of the the great women of Broadway. Uh, did you know that, Jeff? Did, did you recognize? I, I, did. I kept thinking, God, who is that? Who is well, that? Well, she starred in uh, on Broadway in Sugar, which was the remake yeah. of uh, Some Like It Hot. But she also was married to Bobby Van, and her last husband yeah. was a guy named Neil Simon. Yeah. Oh, that guy. That well, guy. Well, let me put something else in here that you would not know, Larry. Is that, or you probably forgot, Bobby Van was the host of Make Me Laugh, which more green. Created by Mort Green. I that's great. Mort I, Green I, I had a life. That. That's Karen's father. Karen is not listening to this. I'm sure. Mort Green told me he had a lifelong crush on Elaine Joyce. Oh, wow. I did too. And they were very good friends. Oh well, too bad we couldn't get her here today. She actually uh, was a girlfriend of a good friend of mine, Ron Fujikawa, uh, for a while. Would come down to the Santa Monica Little League games, and she was gorgeous. She was a beautiful woman and very nice. I met her once or twice, not knowing even that she was in here. I. I where even in terms of the, the casting oh. of her using her, I wasn't involved with that moment. So I don't, I don't know where I was doing, but it wasn't that. I want to you know, one more question for Jeffrey. And there's a couple of major things that we have to talk about here. We've still got the Donna Ray thing, right? We've got Brandon drunk. We've got a whole bunch of other things that we need to. Brandon uh, Kelly, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, uh, and Valerie. There's that moment mm -hmm. too. So. But for Jeffrey, did you get recognized from this show uh, following it? And does that still happen to you? You know, I didn't so much, but I would tell people. So, <laughs> so they were recognized after that, right? But it was, it's, uh, yeah, it's always been kind of a big deal. Uh, but I, I, it wasn't the kind of thing that I got recognized for now. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Until, except retroactively, because right. I would tell them to check it out and then they would. Gotcha. Uh, all right. Well, very cool, Jeffrey. Thank you for being here with us. It's absolutely it's great stuff, yeah. Jeff. Thanks. So glad we found you. And say hi yeah. to all those people in the, the buggies for us. The buggies, yes. yeah, the buggy people. Yes. yes. They, they, they go up and down the street all the time. Yeah. Amazing. All right, my man. Good seeing you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's let's talk about uh this thing that happens here. Um our friend um our friend Caitlin made a very funny video. And uh -huh. <laughs> so this will set up the next thing. What is it? You're still mad about missing the thing with your mother? Look, can we just let it talk? I need a break, okay? What, you need a break? Good, because the only reason I'm here is you. Now maybe I should go back to L.A. and rehearse with my band, which is what I should have been doing this whole time anyway. Yeah, maybe you should. Hey, don't walk away from me. Stop it! Stop acting like I'm not even here. You know what? I can't deal with this. 
Why are you so mad at me? Because you make me mad. You know what? I have to go work on my feet. No. Ow! You're hurting me! You're gonna listen to me. <coughs> Donna! Donna! Donna, I didn't mean to, babe. Stay away from me. Donna, are you okay? Ray, go get the hotel doctor. Go! I'll stay here. You go get the doctor. It was an accident, babe. I didn't mean that. You know that, don't you? <laughs> I mean, this is, this is Emmy Award winning stuff here. It should have been me conceived, Larry, as an outdoor sequence, clearly. <laughs> God, I mean, you know, forget what actually happened. We didn't use the stairs. We could have used the slopes. <laughs> <laughs> slope, the slope. Yeah. yeah, it would have been lighter if she wouldn't have. Well, she didn't break her arm. She only bruises it. Um, you know, I, I had forgotten this whole beginning part where, you know, he's playing the song to win her back and stuff. It's so great. I'm you know, thinking about it now. I mean, I kind of threw ideas out. Somebody wrote the song. It was so sweet. He writes a Donna song for us. And yeah. then he also sings, uh, you know, he, he sings life goes on. song. He sings the life goes on. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and we also set him up for that next year when we're going to go to rehab. We talk about his father and the, being abusing his mother in the beginning, and you know, it was you know we we were doing it. But I have to say, the director to me totally just played him very very harsh. I thought you know it didn't have to be played that hard. I was going to well, ask, and I feel that we were we were, but I think we were pointing it to that way. I don't disagree with you. But I think that it's a tone. And you and I have discussed it. The two to three, even leading up to this, you know, he was he, he was humorless. He, he couldn't. Yeah. Well, we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. Those I mean, anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we wanted that. I think it kind of deviated a little bit. We, you know, maybe. I mean, you know, because he should have just if he was feeling that way and was that we, we should have just broken him up. You know, I mean, yeah. it was, it was yeah. uh, it, you know, it, it wasn't a good. Uh, Obviously, it wasn't a good fit. He wanted to get laid, and she wasn't going to do it. And what was you know? It all comes down to that. I was thinking that watching it this time. I said, "Well, yeah, it's because it's you know, it's just it's what's going on. I'm trying to keep this relationship. Uh, you know, that the next yeah, year, yeah. Chuck, we have we have we have her with a guy who is also a virgin. It works out much better. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I know, and I thought that was good. It kind of took the whole. Issue you got through a whole season of, of not worrying about it. Exactly. Uh, but you know, it's great though the way we we. I was going to say. Uh, we don't get Catherine and Cannon here, which is unfortunate because it's really great seeing her and Ray together. Yeah, we really turned yeah. that relationship a bit here. It's they like she, really, she sets she sets Ray up for this. Like you, you have a mission: make Donna dress more, you know, you know, sedate. Exactly, and be yeah, they they strange bedfellows kind of thing. And she was great. I think I've also mentioned to that. You know, when you when you hire, sometimes it's really nice to have the actors come on, get to talk to them in this. But you know, while I was doing the show. Even someone like Catherine Cannon, it wasn't who I was going to be talking to. I'd be talking, hello, hello, Luke. Hello, director, because that's who I really would be. Or Rick Gunther, our, our uh, DP, the first ADs, how we do, you know, whatever. It really wasn't. It. But this episode, she was down there and we were the adults. And uh, I was just telling Karen, I remember the night that we went out. We all, it, it, when I went out to dinner with Jason, but came back and everybody was at the bar. And we were at the bar and we danced and you know the night away and it was a lot of fun you know all of us. It was, I hope you're listening, Catherine. Uh, <laughs> we were members. We had a good time, just dancing. You know, 
Um, this is tough. What happens to Jamie and all that? So, I mean, do you, Larry? Do you? Would, how do you? Is it the direction? Is it what? Is it the way it was written? What do you think? Well, I, I just wouldn't play him so so harsh. I'd take the tone down a bit. I mean, I think you know. I saw we were going the nuts and bolts of it. You know, we were going to send him in rehab, and he was always going to be the outsider. And but uh, you know, what are you going to do with the with the sex thing? It was always going to run into that. We certainly weren't going to all of a sudden have sex with him. And you know, the beginning of season six, maybe you know, you're going to save that for sweeps or at the end of the season. So it was, you know, it was always going to be problematic. That's where we thought the rehab thing would would fill in some episodes. And um, we were told, remember being in Vegas, being told what it was like for Jamie to go out that first yeah. time by Zach, you know, and it was tough. You know, we also didn't really realize being in Arcacoon, the impact that that would have on his relationship to his fans. Yeah. His own I mean, he was, he was, how do you talk to an angel? Yeah. And then all of yeah. a sudden, uh, we turned, him, we, turned, we turned him heel. Way, you know? He went yeah. baby face to heel. And uh, we never got a chance to baby face him again. We never, yep. Real we never quick. Never a chance to turn him back. Um, Alicia asks the question, um, what was the thought process of pushing him down the stairs, which we kind of just kind of covered? Um, sort of. Well, he doesn't really push her. You know, again, it's you know, it's a combination of things in, in our mind. I, I'm, I'm looking at it shooting wise. Does he push her? You know, he doesn't mean for her to fall down the stairs. He just, you know, there's there's some physicality there. So it's an accident, but there's been a lot of aggression and violence. So he's right. He's, and, at, and he, he's and, at fault. Right. Um, you know, and it was important. I mean, Jessica, and I mean, this was a high-minded. Yeah, I mean, we had done research this about have, this. This was going to have, you know. Look, we've talked about this again. You, you, you want your characters to be characters and not role models, right? And the only way to have these characters become role models and/or have real impact on the social values of the audience is if you let them cross lines, make mistakes, and they learn from their mistakes on a show like ours. And that had been our template again and again and again, and it got interrupted on this one. Yeah, there was absolutely outside true. Forces, ratings. The dynamic of the spellings at that moment, and uh, we were done. And these guys and me being uh, an absentia, they would. He was done. He was cooked. Yeah. You know. I want to pull here a question that came up. Um, they wanted to know. Someone wanted to know here, uh, Chuck. If you had been at the helm going into season six, what storylines would we have seen? You mentioned continuing season five, Val and Brandon drama that we saw in this episode. What else? You know, it really impossible. You know, I'd love to really answer that and say, oh, this is what I would have done. I really, as I said earlier in the podcast here, <clears throat> you know, I pretty much run out of the ideas. I mean, I knew that where the guys were going, obviously, to, you know, we're going to find a killer. There were different ways to do it. This is the ways they did it. Um, in some ways, it wasn't, um, I was more interested in, you know, tying in Jack McKay. We've talked about that. Would I have done that in this? Probably somehow that would have been at least in my forefront of conversation. Um, <clears throat> I liked Brandon and, and Valerie making out. It probably would have been weird. Would we have ever brought them back together? Maybe. Who knows? You know, um, <clears throat> you know, Kelly, it was a it was a good I feel was a really good um, basis of having it be that, you know, we're going to have her do the party like go to New York, have the lifestyle that was her mother's and then fall into the same trap. And we have done things like that. So it made perfect sense. 
<clears throat> but at the same time, did it shift her personality again to be more of the victimhood? Did it did it change what we had done with her for the four years? It's possible to tell. No. When we brought back, you know, we talked about it. Would we have tried to beat back Brenda? Would we have grown? Somebody asked that, yeah. <laughs> if well, you know, I'll tell you what these things are motivated by ratings. Mm. And you know, when ratings are shifting, what are we going to do? What can we do? What can we do? Would would have Christine uh, and I know Christine uh, Elise was was in the writing department at this point, but would we have been better off having her be back somehow? Is it what you know? Emily Valentine was always a winner because of the kind of relationship that she had with with Jason slash Brandon. So there were a lot of things you'd be exploring, plus new characters. <clears throat> um, would I have? In, in, in deference to my friend, uh, friend Kelly Tata, would I have less with the character of Nat? Most probably. But that's uh, it's after 30 years, guys, 25 years. So, you know. Brand, well, look, the, the idea that Brandon would be drunk is, is just so delicious. And he, and he just threw himself into it. And that whole thing where, uh, you know, I think we have the Munts T-shirt, you know, welcome to hell, Munts is the devil. Uh, he's just, it's so funny. I mean, that whole thing with the squirting, the margaritas was something I had seen in, uh, in, in, uh, Cabo San Lucas when we were doing the location right. there. Yeah. And I didn't get a chance to use it because they used it on Squid Row in the, in the real Cabo. And it looks great there. I mean, it's just that whole party stuff is crazy. And, and then, and you got Jed Allen playing Rush with Steve and, it's, it's you know that stuff is pretty cool too because it all works into the into the uh, L stuff because Steve's kind of being you know forced away from his dad's choice in a woman and he's got his dream woman who's not a woman. Yeah, all all very awesome things happening but, in this. Um, but actually, the, the Kelly back to you, the Kelly and Brandon stuff yeah. is pretty significant because we're coming off the rawness of of the uh, I choose me and Brandon's got nothing uh, you know and and. He thinks Kelly has the affair with Allison. He totally screws up on that. And then he, there's nothing he wants to say to her. She's like trying to find some some ground between them, which is kind of nice and keeps the, the flame going. But uh, you can see he's pushing off. I mean, he's just the disappointment. And Chuck, how about that bus scene? I thought it was so great between the two guys. Uh, Luke was, had a terrifying experience, you know. Horrible. I mean, he's so he's so vulnerable, and then they end up on a bus of all things—the two Beverly Hills kids on a bus going back to like Los Angeles—and like they're that just sitting there. And Brennan says, "I, you know, for the first time, I'm in no hurry." He's got nothing. He's just got. He's put all this stuff into this this relationship with Kelly, just like Dylan did, and they both have nothing. Well, you know, the other thing this whole episode, as we're talking about Brandon, that I I remember and just want to cite is he and I went out to dinner, uh, and we we went out late. And on his insistence, because most people would be gone from the restaurant. And he wanted to go, he, Brandon Jay at that point, he loved Italian food. So we we're going to go to this Italian restaurant that was right nearby that he'd been two or three times. And the waiter was his buddy. It was the mm -hmm. like this. And, Free meal. And, and and the moment that, that Jason is telling me that when you are a, a star, that you become, you're allowed to become the person that who you really are. And he was explaining that to me in the moment that he, as he's taking a fork and putting his first spoonful of forkful of food in his mouth. And that's when the waiter comes over and asks for his autograph. <laughs> and I realized that is the trade-off that they all these actors right. that we, that's what they do. That's what happens. Hey, um, before we go next thing, I just want to say, Hey, it we're was an empty restaurant. 
the way. Uh, we're giving away this DVD. You have to do this now. Put hashtag I love 90210 in the comments, and we're going to give away uh, one of these things. So make sure you do that right now. Uh, and then there's the kiss with Valerie at the end of the Great episode. Kiss. So hot. And Valerie is so hot just in general in this episode. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole fun. I mean, she's in the hot tub and she's like boiling in the hot tub. It's, it's fantastic. And months goes by with the uh, cha cha group, with the, uh, the alley cat group. And, and Brandon just keeps turning it down. And finally, uh, you know, he gets busted. You know, I think we took it in a nice place. And then in the end, there she is. And what the hell? He's got nothing. And they kiss and kiss. I, we had to get permission from that Smurf thing, which thank God we did. It's really cute at the little Smurf party we shot. What's Smurf? At part? the end, there's a home movie from Buffalo. Oh, right, right, right. There's no a doubt. Smurf yeah, birth, birthday party. You know, we had to get right. Oh, and there's also again. like the parasailing or glide. What was it the, the, that Dylan is going to get oh, an opportunity? Oh, yeah, yeah. Pick? I have no well, idea. Where, did, where does that even come from? Right? I think someone had a friend with, you know, footage or something. You know, it was, it was something like that. Like Kenny Miller maybe said, hey, can we use some gliding footage? I've got some. <laughs> I don't know. I, do you have any recall of that, Chuck? I didn't remember um, it at all. No, not really. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to try to give this the, the thing away. The tram stuff is great, though. I mean, the tram stuff is Bad the real deal. The tram stuff is the real deal. You know, I think it, it did looks that. like John Lugo. John Lugo is the winner of the uh, the, the DVD. So right. there Excellent. you go. And I'll, and John, whenever you uh, <laughs> whenever you watch at least the original, you and you're listening to all that replacement music, just really enjoy it. <laughs> hey, the Sarah Melson thing, that's pretty interesting. And, you know, Sarah Melson, you know, really enjoy her because she is great, but the rest of it, uh, rest of it's on you. Hey guys, I think we covered this episode. I'm not too sure that there was anything else to uh to talk about here. I think we hit all the beats. I mean, Claire looks one thing the director did not cover Dick Dale's band nearly enough. Dick Dale is one of the most influential, you know, he is the king of the surf guitar, but it's too bad. He had a line there, but I would have wanted to see the band a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, he's he's he even gets a line in this thing. You guys yeah. give Dick Dale yeah. a line, right? And he became my friend after that. You know, I invited me out to where he had a Sky Ranch where he had his plane. And for me, my, my final 90210 moment relative to production, I've said this before, is that, you know, we were, we were drinking all night. You know, it was a late night in this. And as the actors know that this, but I'm a lightweight then and now when it comes to alcohol. So I woke up with a pretty big hangover. And it's like 7.15 in the morning, 7.30 in the morning, because they're setting up to do the shot. And that's where my casita was right around there. And, um, and I kind of flopped down on one of these lounge chairs away from where they're going to be setting up the camera. And the, the, the PA comes up to me, and he's a PA that we picked up in Palm Springs. We had no idea who I was. And he comes up to me, and he says, excuse me, sir, where, do you mind moving? And I immediately, as you might expect, uh, as, a for, as a foreshadowing of what my, uh, my personality would become later in life, I went, oh, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm walking here. You know, I'm sitting here. And the poor guy really... Uh, he he won't move. You know, yeah, I'm not moving. I don't know who you people are. I don't even I don't even like that show. You know, that, whatever it was. And then finally, uh, Victor Lobo realized it was me, and it was a joke. And I got in the car and I drove away. And that was bye bye nine hundred two one zero. Bye bye nine hundred two one zero. Hey, Larry, did you write Charlie after Chuck 
Rosen or because you've got the character name, right? Or was it Charlie Watts because it was the Rolling Stones episode? Set I, don't, this I don't remember. I, I just became Charlie. I don't know. I just, I, I don't think it was. Larry has I, I never thought with, Don't you have a bigger thing with Charlie Brown, you know, and Lucy and all that? No, that's yeah, not. Charlie, sure. I guess. No, I, I mean, mean, no, I don't think so. I have no, no, no I, I, don't, I, I think always, it just. I always think that definitely Steve and Jessica put down that the, the, the crazy, creepy brother is Chucky to... Uh, oh, make, I got you. Knowing that was what I was called as a boy. I, oh, I, I see, yeah, see, I was going to say, we never called Charles Lucy, Charlie. But, uh, Charlie, yeah. I don't think so. I, I think no. it just was happening, you know. He just yeah. said um, Charlie. This is great. This has been really awesome. We covered this really great, yeah. I think. Uh, we're going to do an After I'm Dark happy now. we did it because you can't see it on Hulu, of course. That's right. Um, yeah, that's I, true. Uh, Larry and I are covering... Um, Phantom of CU next week. That's the intention and the plan. Of course, as we've learned, that can change like that. <laughs> so uh, that that is the plan, though. Uh, a season, um, what is that? Season seven, right? That episode. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck's gonna be in Hawaii. Aloha. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. This has been really good. Uh, we will see you next time. And uh, thank you very Great. much. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.